We want to explore all sports and competitions on a deeper level in order to understand the less mainstream topics and events. We here at Deep Dive Sports not only want you to walk away having learned something, but for us to have learned something new as well. Now don't get us wrong, we will do our best to cover the big events, but our main goal is to give you a different perspective on some of the overlooked sports and competitions across the globe. We hope you're ready to learn, laugh, and have fun because we are excited to bring you this podcast. Please sit back, relax, and dive deep into these topics with us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Deep Dive Sports. Today, we have a very awesome episode for you all. We are joined by the founders of the Northeast Ohio Women's Sports Alliance, Elise Bigley and Barb Anthony. In this episode, we'll be interviewing them about their organization. Before we start the interview process, we are going to turn it over to Elise and Barb so that they can give a quick description of their organization and where you can find them or how you can reach out to them if you have any questions or are interested in joining their organization. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Uh, I'm Elise Bigley, and I am one of the co-founders of the Northeast Ohio Women's Sports Alliance, uh, which we also call NAUSA. Kind of in a nutshell, we are a nonprofit which seeks to uh, expand both awareness and access to women's sports opportunities in the Northeast Ohio area. So greater Cleveland, greater Akron. Uh, really, we found that there was a need for both media attention and support for women um, in the adult community-based sports space. There really is a lot of again, attention and structure for individuals who are playing athletics at the youth, um, collegiate and professional level. But for those who play sports really as their main, you know, social and emotional outlet, um, there wasn't much uh, kind of empowering them and building them up and letting them know what was out there for them. So we kind of have come in to help bolster that, connect people to different sports opportunities. And, uh, you know, we've been really hitting the ground running. So for those who are interested in learning more, you can check us out on our website. Again, just kind of Google Northeast Ohio Women's Sports Alliance. We are also on Facebook and Instagram. Feel free to shoot us a message. Uh, our email addresses are there as well. And we'd love to, to share more. Awesome. Thank you. And just to kind of kick this interview process off, I am going to start by asking Elise the first question. So when did your organization start and kind of what prompted you to do so? I know you kind of answered that a little bit in your description, but maybe a little bit more in depth. Yeah. So the organization began very much informally back in 2018. Um, so myself, I did not play college athletics, but after I graduated from Baldwin Wallace, I was looking for another way to, to meet people and to, to get active again. And so I had joined the Cleveland Fusion women's tackle football team. And through that, I was able to meet some incredible women, um, some great coaches, and was even able to network with uh, other women, other athletes across Cleveland who were playing rugby, roller derby, um, softball, all sorts of different sports. And uh, through this casual conversation, we were finding that a lot of our teams were having the same challenges. You know, we all were paying our own way to play for the sports, covering transportation, equipment, all that sort of thing. And uh, it was really, you know, a burden for a lot of us, especially those of us that were, you know, right out of college. A lot of my teammates were, um, were parents, you know, single moms, you know, working full time, trying to balance this in their, in their free time. And when we found that all the teams were having these same kind of challenges in recruiting and, you know, financial hurdles, things like that, we were kind of trying to brainstorm how we could uh, really work together 
And so it really had just started as a roundtable conversation, all, all of us sitting in a room in 2018 saying, like, what can we do? And our first initial project was a collaborative fundraiser. So we had uh, taken photos of the athletes around Cleveland and put together um, a 2019 calendar. And so we sold that, um, raised over $1,000 for our teams, which was awesome for our first initiative. And uh, it was really about awareness at that point, letting, you know, letting our fans know about the different teams. And uh, through that fundraiser, I met Barb and uh, she really kind of helped create the, the impetus and showed uh, showed me anyway the potential for what this could be uh, with her background in nonprofit work and as a licensed social worker she said you know this doesn't have to be just a roundtable conversation this can be something something really tangible and real and we can expand you know, we can expand our reach and uh, really that's kind of what what continued to drive us forward and so with uh, COVID hitting in 2020 that kind of gave our teams the pause and allowed us the pause to say, okay, where do we, where do we go next? Um, how do we, how do we formalize this? So uh, we were able to have those virtual conversations and see what the teams needed and uh, moved forward and are now a uh, registered 501c3 nonprofit. So we're able to accept donations and um, are really looking forward to um, teams being able to play and you know, be able to meet people in person again. And uh, yeah, things rolling. Um, so this next question is for Barb. So how important is what you guys are doing and why? Oh, um, gosh, I think it's a it, it's a good question, but I think that the the answer is could be multifaceted. I think it also depends on who you ask of why it's important and how important is it. To me, it's it's everything. I I, I don't separate myself in any way from my sport experience or my community sport experience, my family's experience and what that has provided me outside of athletic success. Um, there's a difference between what we're doing and it's it's about the sport as as the, the vehicle, the means for people to engage with their community, have fun, be mentally and physically well and do something that they really, really enjoy that they also then get to pass on to their children. And we've seen research that athletes are especially athletes who participate in some team activity, learn a lot of leadership skills and social skills and communication and problem solving. So athletes, I think in general, and there's a lot of considerations that go into a conversation like this, but athletes in general make incredible contributors to society. So on a large scale level, you know, what we're doing is supporting some of the primary engines of our economy of this age group, particularly this community-based adult um, age group that is really not getting the attention for sport that they deserve. And, and we're putting some, some spotlight on that, not just the spotlight, but support for these individuals to feel even more successful and to feel engaged that they don't have to shed that persona because of a, a job or because they're lacking something or that they just don't know what's out there. So bringing it down a, another level, it's important to have something that's for you and you could be anyone. You could be a former athlete coming from an injury. I was a high school athlete that got hurt. I didn't get to play in college, the sport of my choice. So I had to figure out what that looked like for me because I didn't want to be done with sports. I wanted to do something else that was just part of my, my DNA, it felt like. So I figured out other ways to get involved. That could be a coach who 
is just really engaged with with teams and wants to find a new opportunity. Could be a supporter that never really felt like they wanted to engage in the sport themselves, but they wanted to support others in another way. You know, and parents as well. So parents can be athletes, coaches, and supporters, but they also might have children that eventually want to play a sport. So if you look at it in terms of a life cycle, we identify and definitely can conceptualize what that looks like. So it's a big question to ask, you know, why is this important? And, you know, why are we doing this? And who does it impact? I mean, I can, I can just give you a brief glimpse of my experience. I grew up, both of my parents were uh, multi-sport athletes in, in the, at the college level. I grew up in gyms at YMCA's watching them, you know, participate in community-based sports. And that's how I spent my time. I got to see judges and teachers and neighbors play together, something that they enjoyed, and it made a huge impact on me. I knew that I could do something professionally and also be an athlete for as long as I decided I wanted to. And that's why I come at this from a social work perspective in a way that I want to be able to provide as much support to our athletes and teams as we can, but also just allow that that fun part and that um, experience to happen. So yeah, thanks. I don't know if I can fully answer that question for everyone. I think everyone has to decide for themselves why it's important to them and then call us and talk to us about it because we that's our favorite part to hear about. Uh, the next question is for Elise. What is your goal for the organization in five years and then maybe even 10 years? And what are you planning on doing to accomplish those goals? At least to the best of your ability, answer that question. <laughs> yeah, that's also a very, uh, very heavy question. <laughs> And, uh, you know, Barb and I have talked over the last three years about what this could turn into. Um, at the moment, it's just her and I doing this in our free time. So I think my first goal would be that um, through uh, our expanding of our uh, partner teams and uh, other different connections that we can make this our full-time job. Um, this is something that really brings, I mean, it's something that's a big passion of mine and it brings a lot of hope to my my quarantined life. So uh, yeah, I think that's really a, a big goal of ours is to be able to make this something that we can really devote our, our time and attention to um, and bring others along the way. It would be great to have, you know, a full staff of individuals who are also uh, like-minded and passionate about this cause. But in addition, one of our uh, key goals uh, through fundraising is to be able to offer scholarships to athletes um, to minimize that barrier, that financial challenge of playing a sport that they'd like to to try out or you know to continue playing. Mm -hmm. Ten years, I would love to see a facility, a Northeast Ohio Women's Sports Ooh. Alliance facility, and you know welcome teams to to join us there. Um, that is a challenge that many of our teams face. Is they're fighting against every youth, every adult sport that's out there, um, especially in the winter. You know they're kind of battling for uh, indoor facilities and indoor workout spaces. So that's something I would, I would love to be able to offer, but kind of looking ahead at your other questions, kind of tying it together. At the moment, we have uh, nine different partner, partner teams, and we'd love to keep expanding that. Um, we don't govern our teams in any way. We allow our, our teams to operate independently. Um, but our goal, again, is really just to be that, that center of the network of, you know, Greater Cleveland, Greater Akron, and really expanding outside of that too. Um, that's where our primary resources have been, but we would love to expand into the other surrounding counties. And so again, with our current nine teams, and we started with only five, we went from five to nine, 
and continuing to grow and find other sports that are out there that maybe we didn't know about. Yeah, whether it's different sports or different structures, um, primarily our teams are um, are dedicated to women or our co-ed and are looking to expand their, their female membership. So again, we know there's tons out there and uh, coaches as well. You know, we would love to expand the coaches who are involved. Training is a big uh, focus of ours as well to make sure that those who are working with these athletes um, are properly trained and, um, you know, up to date uh, on different standards, things like that. Um, so as far as what we're doing to accomplish our goals, um, at the moment, it's really just having conversations and meeting people and talking to, to teams, you know, really meeting them where they're at, hearing what their, their struggles are, how we can support them. Yeah, at the moment, it's really been just this sort of dialogue and again, just how we can support the teams primarily. And myself coming from a marketing background, I would love to see it at the point where all of our, our teams are on the news, you know, as they're, as they're playing their games and they're getting that, that spotlight just as much as the Browns and the Indians and, you know, the other professional teams are because many of these women are, you know, they live, breathe and eat these sports and, you know, no one seems to to know. So it would be a, a real victory for me if if that's the kind of recognition that our athletes could see. My next question is for Barb, and it is kind of already a little bit answered by Elise, but it is what are the, I guess, the specific sports that your organization kind of oversees? And are there any specific sports in the future that you hope to or are planning to add? Yes. Um, so yeah, so as Elise mentioned, we are one of, as she mentioned before in the first question as well, one of our goals is to expand awareness. So one of the things that we do when we partner with uh, a team or organization is that we have, you know, kind of an, an agreement. Um, no, um, there's no membership, membership fees that are paid to us. All of our services are provided at no cost to the teams um, and individuals. So we don't anticipate ever wanting or needing to charge um, to become one more barrier for any of the athletes or teams to to access support. So um, as part of that, we also do not govern, as Elise mentioned, any of the teams. So most of the organizations have their own bylaws or their own governing bodies in terms of the leagues that they belong to, whether they be more informal or more structured we do not you know govern their bylaws we would definitely be around to assist if they had questions or want to include certain information or have us review them with them together we're happy to support them in that way but so that's one of the things that's a little different so we don't oversee in terms of their day-to-day -day functioning we are happy to promote you know recruitment possibilities for them or opportunities practices games if they're looking for coaches if they're looking for some kind of outreach we will share amongst all of our channels. So that's one of the things that we do for our team. So we um, are partnered, if you see on our website, um, roller derby, uh, swimming or aquatics team, um, tackle football through the Women's Football Alliance uh, for the Cleveland Fusion. We have two rugby teams, um, fencing and an esports organization called Game Her, Ultimate Frisbee and mountain biking. So we're trying to also expand to uh, opportunities that could be individual. They don't have to be team sports necessarily to be a partner with us. They could be an individually based sport like mountain biking. You know, somebody might not have an interest in in a team sport or have the um, ability to to commit to being a part of a team in that way. So maybe they're going to seek out something that is more tailored to their lifestyle. You know, fencing is another uh, good possibility for people too. That's also um, 
not age dependent or limited. You know, you could be fencing up until as, low, as old as you would prefer to be fencing. Our fencing club told us that she has a um, an athlete that she's training right now in her 80s, I believe. So there's no limit um, to some extent for some of these sports, as you'll find out. So we're also hoping in the future, in the near future, to talk to some organizations that are providing softball or ice hockey, field hockey, as well as partnering with organizations that provide sport opportunities for people with physical disabilities as well. So um, we want to keep that field open in every in every possibility. So if anyone listening has knowledge of or is part of a team, um, we would love to hear from you. Okay, so this next question is again for Barb. So why do you think community-based sports are so important? I think I maybe mentioned it a little bit earlier when I was talking Probably I got lost a little bit in my memories when I was talking earlier. Just uh, I kind of went back to being a little girl sitting in the Y on Friday nights watching my mom play volleyball. So I kind of I, I blurred out a little bit. Um, so if that can give you any indication as to why I think community sports are so important, I can tell you memories of myself in the, at the softball field picking dandelions in right field because I was terrible at it, but I still played and I got to try it. And I think community-based sports are are one of the most wonderful and beautiful opportunities for exploration and for growth and for testing your limits as people and not just as youth. I think youth community sports are amazing, but I think I think that also holds the possibility for adults. And I think that adults get more scared and we get so constrained with life because we have to. We have to focus on work and families and all this structure. And I think community-based sports for adults can be it just can open up a, a, a field of possibilities for friendships, for relationships, for testing your physical limits at an age where maybe you didn't think you had that ability anymore. Trying something new for the first time. I I think that there's just such breadth and depth uh, there without without the significant risk. You know, we're not professional athletes. Like I always say, not everyone goes pro and most of us don't. And so we don't rely on our livelihood for our bodies and our sport, but we can get some livelihood out of it at the, at the end of the day. And so I do think that there's this, this wonderful opportunity and possibility, and especially for women is, you know, when you experience motherhood or, or familyhood in some, some capacity, you feel limited in it. Maybe some people do anyway. And, and I can speak for myself where I thought, gosh, I don't think I'll ever be back into the shape where I could do something. But knowing that there's possibilities out there, if I explored our website, I could see, well, maybe I can't run because my, my knees are broken from being an athlete before, but maybe I can swim or maybe I can row. Maybe there's something I can do because this part of me is not gone. You know, this, this athlete in me, this persona that I still have has a need to participate or to be a part of something, even if it's not active on the field, even if I just like sit the bench, but I'm still with my friends. There's something about that. That is just, to me, glorious. I mean, I don't know if, if everyone feels that way, but I think that's why community-based sports are so important. It's it's part of the fabric, whether or not people want to acknowledge it or, or admit it. Our hope is that we will just put a spotlight on it, make some space, and make some room for it to exist, especially for women in this region. Thanks. And if I, could, if I could piggyback off of that, as Barb mentioned, I just think community-based sports is such a, a such a unifier for women and yeah speaking from my own experience being able to meet people that I would never have met before within my my women's football team you know our coach was a Cleveland police officer and we had 
teachers and lawyers and accountants and I mean, really across the board, people from all over the country who just happened to find themselves in Cleveland and had a you know passion for playing football. And that's, I think, another beautiful thing about community-based sports is you know, most of our teams have no expectation that you would have played the sport as, you know, when you were younger and they're, you know, more than willing and, you know, super welcoming of those who are new and they want to teach you and give you the tools to, to play. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for those who might be intimidated about, I can't play football. I, you know, don't know anything about rugby. Like that's okay. Or if you can't skate like roller derby, I love, they have a, a skater tots program. To, to teach to teach individuals how to skate so that they when they go onto the rink they can you know compete effectively and uh, that training aspect and connecting people from all different walks of life I think is pretty unique and uh, yeah I don't know if it's a thing exclusive exclusive to women or not but I think after you know graduating from high school or college there's kind of this like now what and like how do I make friends and this yeah kind of feeling of, of isolation and uh, Sports is just one avenue to really, you know, get your foot in the door and meet other like-minded people and people from other sports. You know, that's kind of, I think, too, the really cool part about our organization is that, you know, we're not keeping teams in isolation. Um, We're not keeping them in their silos. We're saying, hey, if you know someone who knows, you know, someone like we're really trying to just make those connections and uh, just bring people together. Now to hand it back to Elise, how many women have you helped find the sport that they love to play? And what does that mean to you that you were able to help them in that way? That's a good question. And I, you know, in all honesty, that's an aspect of uh, our organization that we really haven't been able to dive into yet because of COVID. Um, at the moment, people aren't really looking for, you know, social things to do or they are, but they, you know, logistically can't. So right now it's been supporting the teams that are already in existence and supporting the athletes that have a history with their teams. But that really is for me, what, you know, really, you know, drives me forward. Um, Myself not being from Northeast Ohio, you know, to move here and have an organization that I can go to and find other people. I think that's going to be really, really cool to see people from all over that use sports as their way to, to feel grounded. And again, because we have so many different sports and, uh, we have kind of a, a best fit guide because all of our teams have um, different financial uh, requirements, time commitments, things like that. And so we really are um, are hopeful about people who come in and say, you know, these are kind of, you know, what I'm looking at and we can help um, guide them to find the team that they might best fit. Um, as Barb mentioned, really our age ranges, you know, is huge. Um, some teams have, uh, have women who are 17 and 18, you know, just still, uh, still in, in school and other teams upwards into their, you know, seventies and eighties, which is really cool. And, uh, you know, I've heard about different sports that have multiple generations in the team. So, you know, a mother and her daughter playing together on a team and like, you know, where else would you see that? And yeah, so I'm just really excited to, to see where this goes. So my last question is again for Barb. So what are the challenges that your athletes face? Oh, thanks for asking that, because that question really hits hits home to the heart of why um, the focus is what it's on for us right now with our organization, because back in 2019, we did a demographics type survey of the, the five teams that were kind of our um, initial founding kind of informal teams at the time. 
because we really were curious, you know, what are we, we're assuming or presuming what the challenges are based on what we know. Um, we don't want to be too far off, but we also don't want to start building a program or an organization based on something that's not going to be rich and meaningful. So we figured out, well, let's just put this survey out. So we, we did that and we found um, based on the responses from approximately 115, 120 athletes that the top three responses for um, areas of need were uh, personal fitness and training opportunities, whether that be personalized or specific to their sport or outside of their sport, just having the access information and finances, I believe, to access that personal training or fitness uh, part of their participation. A second one was nutrition, education, and support. So that kind of goes hand in hand with the fitness component, but it was highly answered as something that, that the athletes would want. So those are two things that I think are lacking. And when you're a a player coach or a community-based team where you're just trying to get your team on the field and schedule a place to practice, fitness and nutrition just don't get the priority because you have so many other administrative tasks to complete. So that was something that we saw that that could be a gap that maybe we could fill in the future. And then the third one was mental health. And that was a really interesting, you know, it's something that I imagined was there, but it was it was so clear in the responses that how many people said it was a, a barrier to their their sport or participating in a sport because if you are if you are employed in some capacity or you have a family and you have and you want to and need to take the time to tend to your mental health usually your sport gets lost in the process because you only have so much extra time you know during the week so having the ability to do both and tend to both of those things because often participation in sport and your mental health can go hand in hand too. Not always. They're not mutually exclusive, but I think sometimes as a grown-up you say, okay, I can only do so many things this week. Do I do this thing that I need for me, for my own mental health and wellness, or do I go to my sport and sacrifice one or the other? And sometimes that's not a an option. So in, in addition, some other responses were work and scheduling and financial barriers, like Elise mentioned, it's everyone's paying to play. No one's getting paid to do this. Everything's out of pocket um, often, unless you do fundraisers. But again, those are not going to cover all the costs. And then transportation or travel. Some athletes were traveling very far to get to the team that they really wanted to play for. So it was just kind of a natural barrier that they dealt with the best that they could. So one of the extensions of services we hope to offer in the future would be you know, a HIPAA compliant telemental health platform for our athletes to access at no cost to uh, receive, you know, support in terms of community resource um, connections uh, for things that they might need in the community consultation or even short-term counseling. And then our last question that we have for both of you, we just kind of wanted to know, like, how does your organization help someone grow as a person, as a leader? And then within that community, I know that we kind of asked about the community-based sports. And I know both of you kind of hinted at all of, you know, aspects of this question a little bit through it, but maybe just a little bit more of a specific answer and kind of breaking it down a little bit more as well. So um, whichever one of you wants to go first. So I think our organization can help someone grow as a person um, because we're really kind of of the mindset of like, just like, I think Barbara said, just like, start the thing. Like, if you've ever had an interest in playing a sport, like, here's all of these options for you. And like, we're trying to make it as easy for you as possible to, you know, whether it's going outside of your comfort zone, 
um, whatever it is, just to kind of give you that push with the support to to play your sport and to have, again, the social, you know, and mental and physical outlet um, that sports can provide. So I think in, in that way, we can be that kind of, uh, you know, empowering source for people. Um, and at the same time, for those who want to be a leader in those organizations, um, whether that's, you know, as a captain or even as a coach, um, we really strive to to be able to offer those kind of uh, training resources. So if someone doesn't feel like it's, you know, too out of reach for them. And that's another thing that we always talk about is, you know, if you see it, you can, you can be it. So um, by seeing women playing women's tackle football, a young girl can say, oh, wow, like I can do that too. And I think that's really powerful. And that's, I think, what strengthens the community too. We've had the privilege prior to COVID to be able to attend different uh, community events Cleveland and Akron Pride, for example, those festivals, and to show people that, again, regardless of your background, this is something that you can be involved with. And, uh, you know, you're seen and you're heard. Um, it's very validating to see people of all shapes and sizes playing a sport. Mm-hmm. And as Barb said, the identity of being an athlete is, I think, a kind of intimidating one for a lot of people. And, you know, what what defines an athlete and we're kind of here to say that, like, if, if you identify as an athlete, like, fantastic, because there really is no firm definition. All of our sports are so different and all require a different level of mental and physical stamina and strategy and all of that. And so regardless of what you're playing, um, that makes you, you know, in my opinion, a, a strong athlete, a strong person. And uh, I think it's just all about, again, making those connections, tying people together. Um, and using sport, again, just as that vehicle for change. Um, something we haven't really talked about yet is really a lot of the kind of like social justice topics that have come up in our recent conversations with people. How sport can be a catalyst for conversations about race, about LGBT issues. I mean, there's just so many different things that are, uh, you know, facing society today. Mm-hmm. And when sports forces a whole bunch of different people to work together, like, yeah, that can create conflict, but it can also create a lot of, you know, great understanding moments. And, you know, if a team is facing that and they need help, like Barb and I can be those kind of mediators to, to say, how do we, you know, work through these kind of kinds of things. And again, make sure that coaches and leadership um, are prepared for those sorts of conversations. So yeah, the organization while being, you know, I think in its, in its infancy, uh, we've already started to, to make an impact and, you know, it's only, you know, increasing. Yeah. And I think uh, just jumping off of where Elise finished, um, you know, we're, we want to be a connection to other resources as well. You know, we have plenty of, there's a diversity center of Cleveland. There's um, other national organizations that provide a lot of those platforms for curriculum and, and facilitation of workshops about diversity, equity, and inclusion. One place you'll find us this spring is at the NFL draft, uh, the power of sports summit, which is taking place that weekend. We're uh, we were invited to participate at Progressive Field as one of those tabling experiences for that summit. Um, so if anyone's ever going to that, we'll be there. Come stop by, say hi. And I think it's an an interesting question too, because right now at the forefront of our minds right now is our our foundation building, our our groundwork for this organization. But my, you know, you talk about the importance and and the impact on people. I think of all the the girls I've coached, the girls who are still youth and the girls who will grow up to be women in the community. And, and so the impact is also for them. This, my intention is that we're around 
for a long time, that this is not, it's not just always, it's never going to be new again, right? This is our opportunity to make it great. And, um, and that's why we're taking our, our good old time, making sure it will be because, you know, for my six-year-old daughter or the girls I've coached who are in high school or going into high school or college, they're coming up. They're coming up to, to this time where they may not advance to the elite level. And so I want them to have a place to belong. I want them to have a place to go. And, and my hope is that, you know, even after I'm gone and doing something else or just moved on, however long that is from now, that this is just still here and, and it's bigger. And whether the opportunities are just growing or this is the place that everyone knows, oh, you want to play a sport? Well, I don't know exactly, but go check out Nauza, you know, talk to Elise or, you know, talk to Barb or whatever that is. Um, that's our, that's our overall goal. And that's our hope. I keep those, those girls in mind. I think of, I think of my, my daughter and her friends and all the girls I've coached, but I also think of my mom and all the women who came before, who played sports in college before title nine, who did all this anyway, who without a big organization or without advocates on their side. Um, I think that they just went ahead and did it. And, and that's what we plan on doing. So we're, we're done talking about it. We're doing it. And so we, we welcome, we welcome more people. If you're, if you're interested and if you're on board, we'll have a conversation. It'd be great. Thank you both so much. And, and honestly, I do encourage our listeners, especially if you live in that Northeast Ohio region, if not there, if you live anywhere, I know we have listeners across the world, go ahead and check out their websites, check out their social media, contact them, uh, gather more information if you need to. Um, and then if you feel so generous to help out or join or donate or whatever, I, I do encourage that. This is honestly been an amazing, you know, kind of question answer interview. And I do really appreciate both of you. And I probably speak for both of the guys that they do as well to your insight and what you're, what you're doing and what you're accomplishing is, is amazing. And this is exactly the, the type of stuff that we, we love to cover. And uh, we hope in the future that we can work together again, um, maybe even help cover cover some of the sports as you know we kind of clear the COVID era and everything as well. So again, thank you so much. Thank you to our listeners. We'll definitely be making a post trying to make it so that it'll be easier for all of you to reach out to them. But as always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time. Hey everyone, thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at Deep dot dive dot sport on twitter instagram and facebook for any update and please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next as always we are deep dive sports until next time